Today in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. There has to be some level of commitment to taking a new job. And you want your resume to be as simple as possible because your job is to communicate as directly as possible. So your resume should be short. Ideally, it should be one page. You don't need to go to a top law school to be a successful attorney. This is a good question. There's a couple points I wanted to bring up. There's transactional work and then there's litigation. So transactional people typically are math and science. Like people, I don't know what it's called, left brain or right brain. Litigation are typically English, not English, English sociology, all that kind of stuff. There's also like drama and so drama and then taking sides. Now, this, these are broad similarities, so they're not, not completely accurate, but th- this is pretty much how it works. And, and one of these may appear appeal to you more than the other. And so people say all the time, I want to do corporate. And typically when people are saying, I want to do corporate, they want to do corporate during really good economies when there's a lot of jobs and there's a lot of opportunity. And then when it dries up, they don't. But, but the point is that, that there's different personality types and you could probably take a personality test that would tell you what you're more fit for. But certain people are more interested in litigation type stuff and others are interested in more drama and contentious and writing and enjoy writing. Not, right, not so much writing. And again, these are personality types. Now, how do you transaction from litigation to transactional? So I wanted to bring up a couple points. And this is, these are, because because for the longest time, I've puzzled over a lot of stuff that I see. So a lot of people that go to law school are, they have these incredible backgrounds. And most of the, a lot of the time, they're not in math and science or in English and sociology and political science and Latin, who knows, but it's just lit writing type things. And then these people come corporate attorneys and and do well. I, I remember like, because I look at resumes all day long and I every day I see like resumes of people from Yale and these different schools. And But the these resumes, a lot of times they have an incredible classic background. Like these people have studied the classics and written these papers and sometimes books and articles. And then all of a sudden they're corporate attorney at a big firm. And so I think to some extent, being a lawyer is being a lawyer. I, I hate to say that. But how does someone that has nothing but this incredible background in the class and writing and stuff suddenly become a corporate attorney and succeed? And so to some extent, I've always said being a lawyer is being a lawyer. Is there some truth to that? I think there's some truth. But maybe you don't like litigation. That's fine. Maybe you would like transactional work better because of this. And there's some points. But also, to some extent, being a lawyer is being a liar. And because it's the same skills, poking holes in arguments, and everything is very similar. It's different and tight language and tricking the other side. And it's all kind of, the, it's all the same. But the, to answer your question, can you transfer from litigation to corporate? Yes. Now it's probably not a good time. Because the market is very, it's it's, for corporate is definitely, there's not as much demand as there was, but how do you transaction to a corporate practice? So the way to do it typically is to try to do it in the law firm that you're at. So that would be the first thing I would say. In the law firm that you're at, try to start getting that type of experience. If you can't, then go to a law firm where you're maybe hired with the expectation you can do both or, but the only other option typically is to and I haven't talked about this yet in this call, but I'll do it right now. Typically, anytime you want to do something odd, you have issues with your resume or want to do something different, trying to do something unusual. You typically have following options. The way the firms work and the way resumes work is fives are going to be your top firms. Your fours are going to be your typical AM law through 
AMLA 100, AMLA firms. And these are going to be your Gold Hotel, et cetera, Hotel, Davis Pole, all those kind of places. And then these are going to be mid-level firms. And these are going to be smaller firms serving businesses and vendors. These are going to be serving only consumers. Again, there's nothing wrong with being at a five, one firm or a two firm. It's, it really doesn't matter. But the point is that these firms are extremely specialized, meaning if you're at one of these firms, these firms are very specialized. These firms are less specialized, but specialized. And then, and then these are less and even less. So the reason I'm bringing this up for everyone is so if you're at this firm, you may be doing for pharmaceutical companies and that's it. If you're here, you may be doing M&A. Uh, and it, this is not always accurate, but I'm just, this is just giving an example. Here you may be doing M&A, securities, general corporate. If you're here, you may be doing general corporate, litigation, and trust in estates. I'm mean, just giving you an example. And then here you may be doing, you know, what everything. I don't know. But the point is that if you are at a four firm doing litigation and you want to do, you want to suddenly start doing corporate, you're probably going to need to move to a two firm, or to, which is going to be in a smaller market. And then once you get that experience doing a lot of corporate, maybe you can move to a three and then back to a four. So that's how it works. The only way to move, but no four firm, if you're at like a big firm, even if you're at a three firm and a, like, they're not going to, they're not going to want to give you experience in a completely different practice area because they're going to have clients that, and here's the whole idea. These clients are paying, these big firms are paying a ton of money. These clients are paying less money. And these clients are paying even less money. And, and so these firms pay a lot of money because they're getting extreme specialization. And just think about you. Like I know a guy I met, the next guy I went to college with, and he specializes in doing a certain type of brain operation for I don't know, young people or children that are born with some kind of condition and charges, I don't know, a couple hundred thousand dollars for this operation, doesn't take insurance. And and that's all he does. And he does 10 or 12 of these per year. And that's all he does and makes a lot of money. And But that's extremely specialized. Your typical law firm is going to be even, and so that's why he can charge so much money. And so it, this is how it works. And that if you want to do multiple practice areas, what you need to do, if you want to you know, change, you're going to need to go down to a smaller firm in most cases. No big firm is going to allow you to do a complete practice area like that. That's the answer. Okay, here's a good question. And thank you, everyone, too, by the way, for asking these questions. These are just great questions. And, I, and I'm going to try to get to them all because I appreciate everyone spending the time asking them, even though it's kind of a long talk. And the point of consistency of a resume of the following questions. Have you worked in an area like banking or insurance, non-legal positions, and then gone to law school to practice law in that area? How should non-legal experience in the same area be presented? Does it add or strengthen to your resume to have both legal and non-legal experience in one consistent field? Yes, it does. So one of the things, this first question, this is a very good question, by the way. I see people all the time that may have done, for example, healthcare. They may have been in the healthcare industry and gone to law school and then want to work as a healthcare attorney. And that's very good. So if you have ex consistent experience in something and then you went to law school, then you can definitely present that that other experience on your resume and it helps you. It's a good thing. It will strengthen your resume to have that both of those things there because it shows that you know what you're doing. Just think about you. If you were a law firm and you wanted to hire a sports law attorney and the person that had been a professional athlete 
and then gone to law school and been in the sports law society and then wanted to work as a sports attorney, you would think this is great. This perfect uh, person. So it's the same thing with law firms. They love it when they see people like that. And this is often when I look at resumes and I see people that have consistent experience like that, I love it and, and it works. So there's certain areas of specialization, trade compliance, which includes ITR and export controls, economic sanctions and customs law. Most lawyers and law firms tend to specialize in one or two of these areas, but in-house counsel tend to work in all these areas. Does the resume look consistent when it has experience working in these different areas within practice? I unfortunately can't answer that question probably the way you like, because this is one practice area where, again, there's hundreds of practice areas that I, it's a Washington, it's a practice area where I've placed people before, but, but again, this is a very good question because it's talking about, and I, lo- I love this question. This is awesome. And it's actually, there's very few times when I'm on a call like this and uh, people actually trip me up and this has tripped me up because I don't, I, I'm the first, I want to admit, I don't understand all the difference between what you're talking about, but you're talking about different types of compliance and then saying that law firms are specialized. And that's, this is a great question because I don't understand enough about your practice here, unfortunately. And again, I've been doing this for a long time and have placed lots of people, but I don't understand enough about these differences. But what I would say is I think if a law firm has an opening for say one of these things and then you're and you have experience in both typically what you do anytime there's an opening for something so an example would be for something you lead with your experience and what the opening is is. so sometimes like an example would be a, a typical the typical thing is a law firm seeking a capital markets attorney right capital markets attorney and you may have experience doing you have experience doing both doing capital markets and m&a so what you would do is on your resume, you would lead, your resume would say experienced M&A attorney with lots of experience, blah, blah, blah. And then also, and then you could, and then you could have a transaction sheet and your transaction sheet would lead with your M&A. And then you would also talk about your securities. Do you want to take back control of your legal career? We have a solution for you. Harrison Barnes, the number one legal recruiter with over 20 years of experience, hosts weekly webinars followed by live Q&A sessions every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. These webinars are packed with helpful information that you can use to advance your legal career. Best of all, after each webinar, Harrison stays for as long as needed in order to answer every question. And another heading under that. So that, or not. So this is how people handle that. Now, there's nothing wrong with talking about the fact you've done both. And I think most law firms would be perfectly fine with that, but you would have to, in, in terms of the way you present it, you do the same. And so law firms all the time are looking for people, if they're looking for an experienced person doing one thing, the only way to deal with that is to to make sure your resume leads with that. And then you either de-emphasize or don't talk about your experience and other stuff in the resume as well, if you're comfortable with that. Now, you don't want to lie in your resume, but you want to talk about what your experience is in that practice here. So that's a great question, and I hope I answered your question. There's a lot of good questions. Okay, let me just hear. Okay, so here's this one. If you recently started a new physician a few weeks ago, but you have a chance to interview for a better job, you discussed the recently started job in the interview. Yes. So there's a couple ways to answer that question. You're going to have, if you, that's a very good question. So there's a couple ways to answer that question. So the first thing is I've seen attorneys do this a lot. So I, I don't, not a lot, but I've seen them do it before. And actually, I can't even, I can think of one episode where it happens. So I shouldn't say a lot. But if you are trying to interview for a better job, that's almost like getting married and then 
someone better comes along and you decide that you would prefer them, you, there has to be some level of commitment to taking a new job. And now if the job is much better, like if you're working at a, uh, in a practice area, you don't want to be in a very, in a type of firm you don't want to be in. And, and it's not a permanent job. I don't know what the reason would be. Then yes, you do want to interview with a job. Do you discuss the recently started job in the interview? If they, you, yeah, you probably you do need to bring that up and you need, do need to give them an updated resume because if you don't, it's just not good for anyone. But you, know, you have to be very careful. And I don't know what your, what the job you started was a couple of weeks ago, but typically you do want to commit to wherever you go. And if you start doing this kind of stuff, you're going to get, you're ultimately going to be in a lot of trouble in your career. It's just as if you were in a relationship and did that. And that's, but again, people do this stuff all the time and, and you have to look out for yourself and I'm not telling you what to do then, but you need to be very careful with this type of stuff. Is it going to, I don't know, but I would just be very careful is what I would say. So I'm going to go back to some of the earlier questions now. I apologize for, I was doing a lot of the older questions first. Go, oh, let me see here. Most people were discussing this resume that we saw. It says this question here is, do law firms or employers view resumes created with pre-made templates in a negative light? And I don't know what that means, but no, I don't think so. You want your, there's nothing wrong with having your resume in a template form, but, and I don't know what that means exactly. I'm assuming you're saying, this person's saying that the resume would but you, one of the, something that a lot of people didn't, no one brought up, and a lot of times I do see this is resumes that are in funny formats and different colors and things. And then you want your resume to be as simple as possible because your job is to communicate as directly as possible. And I appreciate all these questions. Okay, this one, this is an interview question, but I'm going to answer it after this one. You mentioned avoid non-legal experiences also come from quasi-legal experience. No, what I like about quasi-legal experience is you can many times, there's nothing wrong with having quasi-legal experience on your resume. For example, if you're a compliance attorney or a contract management attorney, like you put on here, and that's what you're currently doing, then that just, that completes the story and it looks consistent. So law firms and employers actually do like that. So that's a good, uh, it's a good question. Let me see here. But yeah, just make sure your experience. Another type of question, interviewer believes he or she is not interviewed well. It's not an interview well. Made the interviewer request from the law firm or interviewer to come back. The reason could be to learn more about the firm, et cetera. No, I think you don't want to come back. That's going to make everyone uncomfortable. That this is a good point, though. I think a lot of people, like a law firm interview, is no different than a courtship of a of a mate. Both sides need to feel that there's some sort of tension about could not work out. Both sides getting both sides doing the best they can. One side not more desperate than the other. So I've had, I've dealt with some extremely sophisticated interviewers before that wanted to come work for me and, and during the middle of like recessions and all sorts of things. And, and even then these people that were unemployed, I'm just thinking of some very good interviewers made it seem that I was getting, that I had to chase them too. So the employers, if they feel like they need to chase you. There needs to be a little bit of that and everything. Now it's not like you don't want to be, you need to act like you want to work there, but at the same time, they need to believe that you offer a lot more value than whatever you're charging or whatever their salary is. And, and that, and there needs to be some sort of feeling here that they're going to be lucky to get you. And so if you start going back and interviewing and trying to interview more, sending a lot of letters and, calling and thanking, then that starts to turn people off, just as it would turn people off 
if you went out on a date and suddenly got four or five texts from someone in a letter and let's meet again fast and that's just not how it works so everyone needs to be very careful about that especially even if you think it's your only opportunity because it's not there's tens of thousands maybe a hundred there's so many law firms and employers and legal players it's insane just as if you whatever sex you want to date, there's millions of those people. So it's it's not the only chance in the world you'll ever have. And just because someone's expressed interest in you doesn't mean it's the last. So I don't think you you need to worry about it. Okay, so this is an this is another question. So I just I would caution you to anybody that feels like when you get an interview, if it doesn't work out, you know, you're in trouble and it's just not the case. Now, I'll tell you one thing that happened to me. It's interesting. So I was in, I'm from Detroit and one of the places that I thought about working when I was in law school was in Detroit. And at the time I wanted to work at a firm that paid whatever the kind of the market salaries were for the Midwest, which I don't know how much it was. It wasn't very much, like maybe 60,000 or something, or 80, I don't remember, but that's, and that's the same they were paying in, in a lot of the big firms in other cities, not, but anyway, the point is that there were only like four firms in all of Detroit that paid those salaries or maybe five. And, and then there was only one firm that was halfway decent that I would, there's a lot of great firms in Detroit, but there was one firm in particular that I wanted to work at because they, had all these programs where they'd loan you money to buy a house and all this crazy stuff that was just seemed awesome. And so they'd loan you money for a down payment, I think. But and t- at the time, I thought that seemed very exciting. So I really wanted to work at that firm. And and I did the same thing. I was like, I sent them letters that I wanted to work there and thank you letters and things and not the best idea. Now I ended up not working in New York and not that firm in the summer. And then I probably, but the point is that anytime you look like you're, you really want, you're desperate for something, then people just think, oh, I obviously they can do better or I can do better. And, and you just don't need to put that out there. Could you experience your special resume template? And if so, how stable over 30 years of experience? No, you just, your resume just needs to be short. So do not make people work to understand what you do. So when I started my career, I went to work at this law firm called Quinn Emanuel that was winning, was doing very well. It was a smaller law firm back then than it is now. But, and they essentially, and they were these guys at the time from Cravath, and they had this kind of way that they've been taught to litigate cases. And it was basically, you never have more than, I don't know, half a page or one page without a title and just i'll just explain it to you in a second so the idea would be you would have without a title so you wouldn't you'd have you, you wouldn't make people would never be able to so you'd have the court should overrule or the court should do this it would be maybe two i'm just giving you an example but and then when you make that descriptive should x because and then you would never have to read more than a half page before you'd see another one of these subject headings or maybe it was a page i don't remember what it was at the time but it was like or i think it was a page and a half Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. And one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not going to find them on major job boards because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing, the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So what are you waiting for? 
Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today. 1.5 pages. But the point is that, so a judge could look at these and all they would do is they would see this and they would see this and they would see this and they would just go through a 10-page brief and they would just see these and it would tell them exactly what to do. And then other people would write these long briefs without the title pages and stuff and it would make the judge work and the judge would only, would basically, would the idea was spend time only on the stuff, the title headings, because they're busy. So the same thing with people reviewing your resume, they're busy. So they don't want to review a lot. All you need to say is, I worked at this firm, I worked at this firm or company, I did this, and you don't need to talk a lot about your experience. If they want to know your experience, they can ask you, but you don't need to spend a lot of time talking about your level of experience. So the your resume should be short. Ideally, it should be one page. Now, you can do all sorts of things if you feel like you're would have a lot of experience, especially in corporate related stuff. You can have a, a transaction sheet, but one page. And once you get more than one or page, it makes people work. Think about it, how you would feel if you get a letter from, you don't, people don't want to have to, it's work. So you want to make things easy for people. And I would say that with litigators, one of the things is that having, this is just something I learned, is having very short subject in these short headings and stuff, it makes it easier for judges and makes you win more. And same thing with experience speaks for itself. You don't need to talk a lot. And the other thing that people do too, is if you talk a lot about your experience and your resume and all the things you did, then it draws attention to things you didn't do. Why is this person need to tell me like all these different things? This is, these are expected. And sometimes people will be like, talk about something insignificant and it becomes annoying. So you put graduation years on your resume. So there's a bunch of different schools of thought to that. A lot of times older attorneys won't put their graduation years on their resume because they don't want to draw attention to their age. But you have 20 years of experience prior to that and you went to law school later in life, put your graduation year on there. There's nothing wrong with that. And these days, people work forever. There's nothing drawing attention to the fact that you graduated in 1977 or something is probably not going to help you just because it may or may not. If you were a partner, they probably wouldn't care if you had a lot of business. But I don't recommend. You can definitely get in some trouble. Okay, let's say, what do law firms consider a major turnoff from reviewing resumes? So the, there's a, I gave you guys a bunch of rules that I hope you received them that we sent out to you, but but the major turnoffs are all the things that I covered today, which are, there's quite a few of them, but one of them is that I would say is not being able to tell what the person does, tell what the person does. That's a huge one and no consistency in practice area. So what happens? So this is interesting. So when you take a look at the resumes of people that become contract attorneys, and again, I'm not criticizing that or document review or things, what in those resumes is just people not never have decided what they want to do. You could go to, again, I'm not, some of the best and the wealthiest and the most well-known attorneys in the country graduated barely, were the bottom of their class at law schools all over the country, but law schools that are that you've never heard of. But they knew what they wanted to do. They said, I want to be a personal injury attorney. I want to be a criminal attorney. I want to be this. I want to be that. Whatever it is. And they did it. I know lots of famous attorneys that went to law schools that you probably never even heard of. But but they knew what they wanted to do and they did it. And so you need to know what you want to do. And there's nothing wrong. And I just want to be very, and I've talked with a lot of passion about this because it's so important. But if you don't know what you want to do, you're just going to fall into whatever's available. And the only thing that's available is if you don't know what you want to do is document review and all these other things or who knows, but just commit to something. I don't care what it is. It could be anything, but you have to commit to some practice here. And you don't need to, you don't need to go to a top law school to be a successful attorney. You don't need to do well in law school to be a successful attorney. You don't need to, you don't need to 
work in a law firm, you could start your own practice, but you do need to know what you want to do. And I know people that one of my friends, I, a couple of people that I talk to in an email daily are on the news all the time and stuff. And there's nothing, one of them, uh, incredible background, but not, these people do not have these pe- pedigrees or anything. It's just, it's not a big deal, but you, but they're committed. They know what they want to do and they've chosen a practice area and they commit it. And that's really important. If a law firm doesn't know what to do, they're just going to stick you. They're going to say, okay, this person's an attorney, let's pay them whatever and have them look at documents or something. You just, so law firms want you to be committed. It doesn't matter. I've seen people, you, if you're committed, you can do anything. And that's, I guess that's my point. I don't want to go too far into it. Okay. Let's see here. Good. Okay, so there's a chat going on here in the questions. So if you are a barman already in multiple states, should you not put that in your resume? This is a good question. No, you should put the resume, your bar admissions in other states in your resume. But the point is, so an example would be, and I see this all the time, someone's in New York and they graduated in 2020 and that, or 2018. And then they're like, oh, I was admitted in California in 2020. If you're a New York law firm and you're seeing someone admitted in California in 2020 in, or 2021, and they're applying to work with you, it's pretty obvious that the person is going to at some point move to California and try to work there. And this is what everyone like that does. Or if someone's, so you just, you want to make sure that you don't give people the wrong impression. Now, an example would be you might have worked in California for 10 years and then moved to Illinois or Florida or something. That's fine. And you might be in New York and also admitted in New Jersey. That's very common and DC and all this stuff. And that doesn't mean anything. But but if you put something on your resume, if you're admitted there in 2010, then you say I'm admitted to Florida in 2021 or Texas, then people are going to be like, this person's moving to Florida, this person's moving to Texas. And if you're applying to jobs there, that's a bad idea. So you just, you can't, you don't want to show people that you're not likely to commit, that's all. Okay, that was a great question. Okay, let's see here. Is it possible to be overqualified when writing an attorney resume? Yeah, so again, it is possible to be overqualified. The issue is that when you're writing a resume, you want to look like you're, you want, you want to emphasize, you don't, the best way to act is typically just to talk about what you've done. So you don't, or what titles you had. So if you were the director of employment law for a major corporation, you did that for 10 years, that's all they need to know. They don't need to know that you wrote handbooks and you helped defend against lawsuits and you wrote compliance and you dealt with outside contract. They don't need to know all that. They know that. So at most titles, like if you say I was a, an associate at, Winston and Strawn in Chicago from 2015 to 2021 in the litigation department, that's all they need to know. They know what that means. Everyone does. All you're doing is is just showing thought about problems in this practice here and worked in this practice here. You don't need to tell people everything you did. That that it's interesting. Like I used to it was funny and there's a school of thought and I think it's I think a lot of people, especially younger people, may get it from their parents or they may get it I don't know where it comes from, but I used to have people come to me all the time and be like, you gave me experience doing this. Now I'm entitled to this much money. And I'm like, what? It's like, I give you this experience or I've done, I started out here working on this and you gave me this job and I did a good job at it. Therefore, because I'm doing two things, I'm entitled to more money. This is, uh, and I don't know where that comes from. It may be, I don't know if it's a generational thing or I don't blue collar, white collar. I don't know, but just because you get more experience doing something does not necessarily make you more valuable. Just because you're a litigator and got experience writing trademarks doesn't mean you're a more valuable, probably means you're less valuable. So you don't 
people, you don't need to put down everything you did. It doesn't make you, people, the, when it comes right down to law firms and all employers, there's one people that will do the job, follow orders, be manageable, improve, and, and that's it. It's not if you give somebody some experience doing something, they're suddenly entitled to more money or are they more valuable in the market. It's not, an attorney is essentially hired to think about problems and solve them and take them, that's it. So there, there's nothing you can say on your resume where you're talking about all your experience that's gonna change that. That's how I would put that. And so a lot of times when you're putting more stuff in there, it's just annoying people. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you're an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com.